Lesson number 142, Surah Al-Isra, ayah number 11 to 22. I have a question for you. The surah, what is it called? Surah Al-Isra. Why? Exactly, because the first ayah mentions what? The Isra journey, right? And this surah is also called Surah Bani Israel. Why? Because there is mention of Bani Israel right at the beginning of the surah. Okay. So inshallah today we will begin from ayah number 11. وَيَدْعُ الْإِنسَانُ And man supplicates. يَدْعُ He makes dua. He calls upon Allah. Who? الْإِنسَانُ The man. Meaning human beings in general. Because remember that when the word insan is used, then it refers to people in general. So people... Generally, what do they do? They make dua for bisharri, with the evil. They ask for evil. They hope for bad. Dua'ahu, like his dua, meaning the way he should be making for what? Bil khair, for good. The way people should actually be asking for good, what do they do instead? They ask for evil. Why? What's the reason? Because وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ Human beings, they are ever عَجُولَ Very, very hasty. عَجُول is from the root letters. عَيْن جِيم لَام And عُجْلَ To be hasty. When a person is being impatient and he cannot wait anymore. So he wants things to be done already. He wants to have something in his hand already. Even though it is before its due time. Because for everything there is a set time, right? For everything there is a due time. But human beings in general, how are they? Ajul, extremely hasty. So for example, if you put something in the oven, and the recipe says it's going to be ready in 60 minutes, what happens generally? If you really badly want those cookies, what do you do? Every 30 minutes you go and look. Right? And some people, they become so impatient that they keep opening the door of the oven. And when they do that, the heat escapes. So it takes even longer. Well, if the instructions say 60 minutes, then you cannot have them ready within 30 minutes. And generally what happens? Before we follow any recipe, we check how long is it going to take. Right? If it's 5 hours, leave it, forget it. If it's 30 minutes, yeah, I'll give it a try. Why? Because human beings in general, they are ajul, extremely hasty, extremely impatient. They want things to be done quickly. In this ayah, what is being mentioned? Human nature is being described. And what is human nature? Impatient and hasty. If you think about it, what is one of the most difficult things to do that we find? Sabr. Patience. Whether it's dealing with people, or it's waiting for others, or it is you know, completing a task, what is that we find most difficult? Sabr. Endurance. Sticking to the plan. Right? We want things to be done very, very quickly. We want things to happen immediately. And when things don't happen immediately, when things don't change, then what is the general attitude of people? Are they happy or are they unhappy? They become unhappy. Do they remain positive or do they become negative? Extremely negative. And in that negativity, what happens? People don't even realize what they're saying, what they're asking for. Right? And instead of asking Allah for good, what do they do in their frustration? 
in their anger, what do they ask for? Evil. For something that is much worse. So that is being mentioned. وَيَدْعُ الْإِنسَانُ بِالشَّرِّ دُعَاءَهُ بِالْخَيْرِ People ask for evil the way they should be asking for good. Or the way they typically ask for good. Life is not easy. It is difficult. And this is the reason why we say this life is a test. And in a test, what happens? Things are going against your wishes. Things are going against your desires. You want to get up and walk around, but you're required to sit in place. You want to have the freedom to look around everywhere, but you're required to only focus on your answer sheet. Right? There's many, many restrictions. So with these restrictions, what happens is that in life, people become impatient. They want things to change. But the thing is that for everything is a due time. For everything is a due time. This universe is what? Space, time, and matter. Right? So for anything that is existing, it can only be over after its time has passed. For anyone that is living, they can only go away when their time has passed. Right? For anything to grow, for anything to develop, for anything to change color, what is necessary? The passage of time. Correct? Passage of time. So for example, certain people, they love fall colors. Right? But you cannot expect these beautiful fall colors in the midst of the summer. Or can you? No, you can't. So what do you need? You need to wait. You need to have sabr. You need to be patient. But typically what happens, we lose our patience and we don't even think about what we are asking for. Instead of asking Allah for khair, we begin asking for sharr. So for example, a person becomes sick. They have a headache. Alright? And what do they want? That headache to go away. That illness to be over. So they wait for an hour. They wait for one day. But the next day again, that headache is there. So some people, they keep hoping for improvement. And other people, they become so disappointed, so frustrated, that they begin saying, I wish I was dead already. I wish I could cut my head off. I wish my head was not hurting, something else was hurting. Think about what you're saying. Sometimes women get so frustrated with their children, they begin praying, why did I even get married? Why did I choose to have children? Or sometimes studies, they become so difficult, so intense, that out of frustration, out of impatience, we begin saying things that are very, very negative. People ask for evil for themselves, for their children, for their families, for their money, for their home, for their work, whatever it may be. But generally this happens with us. In our frustration, in our disappointment, in our anger, what do we do? We begin asking for sharr. And instead, we should be asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what? For khair, for goodness. وَيَدْعُ الْإِنسَانُ بِالشَّرِّ دُعَاءَهُ بِالْخَيْرِ وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ عَجُولًا Let me ask you a very um, straightforward question. Has any one of you ever wished at any point in time that they were dead, that they had died, that they were not living? Perhaps because they failed an exam, or perhaps because a terrible mistake happened, or, you know, sometimes in childhood, it happens, many children, you know, and they do something really, really dumb, 
and they don't want to face the reality, what do they begin asking for? I wish I could die right now. I wish I could die right now. Now, now, now. Please Allah, please, please, please. Think about it. If our wishes were fulfilled immediately, and we died the instant we wanted to die, or we suffered from some harm the instant we wanted to suffer from it, then what would become of us? What would remain of us? What would we do? Think about it. This is the reason why our wishes are not always fulfilled. Because sometimes we think that something is good for us, whereas in reality, it is bad for us. And sometimes we think that something is bad for us, whereas in reality, it is good for us. Who knows the reality? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. So if He has decided, if He has decreed life for you, if He has decreed certain illness for you, if He has decreed a certain situation for you in your life, remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows better. So trust His decision. Trust His decree. And whenever things are getting rough, whenever things are getting difficult, then instead of asking for shar, ask Allah for good. Because why are we put into difficulty? Why? So that we reach out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember at the beginning of the surah, what did we learn? Allah تَتَّخِذُ مِن دُونِي وَكِيلًا Rely upon Allah, reach out to Him. But it's unfortunate that when we do reach out to Him, generally we are asking for something that is bad, instead of something that is good. In Surah Yunus, Ayah 11, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَوْ يُعَجِّلُ اللَّهُ لِلنَّاسِ الشَّرَّ اسْتِعْجَالَهُمْ بِالْخَيْرِ لَقُضِيَ إِلَيْهِمْ أَجَلُهُمْ that if Allah was to hasten for people the evil that they wish for, as He hastens for them the good, then their term would have been ended for them. Meaning that nobody would be living here. Nobody would be surviving. Because people can wish for many evil things. And if every person's evil wish was fulfilled, then what would happen? Nobody would be alive. For example, a particular individual, they hate a particular family member. What do they want? I want them to die. I want them to die. I want them to go away. It's sad, but these are the thoughts that come to our minds. So if such wishes were fulfilled instantly, then what would happen? Nobody would be alive. Nobody would survive. But the funny thing is that people who think negatively, they increase in their negativity. When their wishes are not fulfilled, they become even worse. This is the reason why we have been prohibited from praying for death, even. That don't make dua that, Oh Allah, please cause me to die. No, don't do that. Instead, when things are getting very difficult and when a person feels that you know, surviving each day, each moment is becoming harder and harder, then what should he do? He should make dua that, Allahumma ahini ma kanat al-hayat khayran li. That, oh Allah, keep me alive as long as living is good for me. وَتَوَفَّنِي إِذَا كَانَتِ الْوَفَاتِ خَيْرًا لِي That take me in death when death is good for me. Because it's possible that because of the extreme pain and agony that a person is living with, he thinks that death would be better for him. However, however, what happens? They survive that extreme pain and agony. And what happens? Things are back to normal. Things are back to normal. Doesn't it happen that sometimes you get hurt, you get an injury, and you wonder, is there any pain that is greater than this? Is there any pain that could be greater than this? This headache, or this wound, or this broken arm that I have, or this extreme pain that I'm having in my body, is there anything even worse than this? 
And you think your pain tolerance has reached its maximum. And if you were to hurt even a little bit more, you would die. But you don't die. You survive. So when you reach the peak of pain, when you reach the peak of hardship, don't think it's all over. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought you here and He is going to take you through it as well. You know, Maryam السلام, the mother of Isa السلام, what happened to her when she was in her labor pains in the Quran it is mentioned that how she said that I wish mittu qabla hadha I wish I was dead before this wa kuntu and I was something forgotten you know nobody knew me I had died long long time ago I was unknown because that pain was very very hard upon her I mean for a girl to go through the pains of labor is not easy. And then, it wasn't just giving birth. It was what was after the birth, taking that child to face the people. It was very difficult. So, things, they do get difficult in life. But remember that after every difficulty, inshaAllah, there will be change. There will be improvement. In this life, what happens? We see constant changes. Right? I mean, the changing seasons, what do they teach us? Winter is not forever. Right? That's the one hope that keeps us going inshallah. Right? Because when you see the first snow, snowfall, and when you feel the first chilling wind and etc., then what happens? You wonder, how am I going to survive? But then you remind yourself, yeah, we went through it last year also. And we went through this the year before that also. And alhamdulillah, after winter, spring came. In a couple months, inshallah, the same thing will happen again. Right? So, what's the lesson over here? That in difficulty, don't despair of Allah's mercy. When things are tough, don't despair. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't ask for more trouble. Have sabr. Have sabr. Calm down, relax. Inshallah, this will be over. Ask Allah for ease. Ask Allah for khair. You know, in the hadith, we learned that once the Prophet ﷺ was giving the Jumu'ah khutbah, and a man, uh, he interrupted him. A Bedouin man, he interrupted him. Now imagine, khutbah is going on, and this man, he just stands up in the middle, and he says, Ya Rasulullah ﷺ, our animals are dying, our children are hungry, please make dua that Allah gives us rain. So the Prophet ﷺ right there and then he lifted up his hands and he made dua. And before even he put his hands down from dua, what happened? The sky was full of clouds. And there was no sign of any cloud before. And before he even descended from the mimba, there was so much rain pouring down that literally his beard was, was wet. Water was dripping from his beard. So it rained the entire day, and the day after, and the day after, the day after, until the next Friday. It was constantly raining, so much so that the streets were flooded. So the next Jumu'ah khutbah, the Prophet ﷺ was addressing the people. And the same man, and according to others, another man, he got up and he said, Ya Rasulullah ﷺ, there's so much rain, our houses are getting destroyed, and our animals are drowning. Please make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us. So the Prophet ﷺ raised up his hands and he said, Allahumma, that, O oh Allah, please send the rain around us and not on us directly. Meaning, even over here, the Prophet ﷺ didn't ask for shar. 
He didn't say, Ya Allah, we've had enough rain, please stop the rain. Because you never know. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not approve of such a statement, then we would be deprived of rain. We would be deprived of blessings. So sometimes it happens that when we have too many blessings, we start asking for sharr. We start asking for evil. Right? That when we have too much food, for example, we begin to say negative things. That this is too much food. How are we going to eat? Oh Allah, that's enough. You know, there's only so much that I can eat, so much that I can consume. Don't say such things. Don't say sharr. Don't ask for sharr. Even at that time, ask for good. Because sometimes when we have too many blessings, again, we show ingratitude at that time. And that ingratitude is what? Shaf, asking Allah for evil. So, وَيَدْعُ الْإِنسَانُ بِالشَّرِّ دُعَاءَهُ بِالْخَيْرِ وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ عَجُولًا Man is ever hasty. And the thing is that every test, every trial, every difficulty in life, what does it do? Does it make you stronger or weaker? It makes you stronger only if you do sabr on it. Only if you do sabr on it. Only if you endure it patiently. Only if you accept it. Then when you leave it, when you've passed that difficulty, then you feel stronger. And you are better prepared for future. Right? Which means that if a person does not do sabr on the present trial, on the present difficulty, then what will happen in the future? Things will be easier or more difficult? They will be even more difficult. You know, just yesterday we learned about the Bani Israel. That how the Babylonians, when they had overcome them and they had oppressing the Yahud, the Bani Israel, their prophet, what did he tell the Bani Israel? To repent to Allah and to change their ways. But they did not pay any heed to the words of the prophet. And instead, they revolted against the Babylonians. And when they revolted, what happened? Things got better? They got even more difficult. So much so, that their men, women, children were killed, and even the temple was destroyed. It was destroyed, ruined, completely. So, remember that trials and difficulties, they are there to teach us. We have to do sabr, and we have to become stronger. At that time, don't seek greater problems. Don't put yourself in more difficulty. Rather, endure the trial with patience and inshallah things will get easier. Because in ma'al usri, yusra. With difficulty is ease. And if you don't bear that difficulty patiently, what will happen? That difficulty will get even worse. It will get even bigger. وَجَعَلْنَا اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارَ آيَتَيْنِ And we have made the night and the day ayatain, two signs. The night is a miracle, is a sign. And the day is also a miracle, a sign. A sign of what? Both of them are signs of Allah's qudra, His power, His knowledge, His wisdom. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us reflect on the night and the day. فَمَحَوْنَا آيَةَ اللَّيْلِ فَمَحَوْنَا So we erase. آيَةَ اللَّيْلِ The sign of the night. مَحَوْنَا is from the root letters ميم حا واو مَحُو And مَحُو is to erase and remove the effect of something. 
to erase something and remove its effect also completely. So mahauna, we erase ayat al-layl, the sign of the night. Meaning, the night when it comes, it doesn't stay forever. Or does it? No. What happens? As each hour passes, the night, it is wiped off. It is erased. It reduces. Until a time comes when there is no sign of the night in the sky. There is no darkness. Instead, what do you see everywhere? Light, light, light. So much so, that sometimes it's difficult to see outside without your glasses. Right? So, فَمَحَوْنَا آيَةَ layl, We erase the sign of the night. Meaning the night, it comes, but then it is erased. And what is it replaced by? The day. وَجَعَلْنَا And we have made آيَةَ nahar, The sign of the day, meaning the day. We have made it مُبْصِرَةً مُبْصِرَةً From basar. What does basar mean? Vision, to see. So مُبْصِرَةً Meaning that which sees. In other words, we have made the day bright and clear, visible. So completely opposite. The night is such that it is mahu, meaning it's erased. So you don't see anything. There's no light. And the day is the exact opposite. It's bright, it's visible. Some have said that this ayah, what it means is that ayat al-layl and ayat al-nahar. Ayat al-layl, the sign of the night, it refers to the sign, the miracle that you see in the sky in the night. And what is that? The moon. And ayat al-nahar, what is that? The sun. So the moon and the sun, how are they? Very different. The moon, Allah says, فَمَحَوْنَا ayat al-layl The sign of the night, the moon, we erase it. Meaning every night, what happens to the moon? It is different than the way it was before. When the moon is full, does it always remain full? Does it always remain full? No. With every passing night, what happens? It shrinks in its size. It shrinks. It shrinks to the point that the night comes when you don't even see the moon. Right? You don't even see it. فَمَحَوْنَا آيَةَ layl. And on the other hand, the sun, how is it? Mubasira. And Mubsira would then mean from Ibsar to give vision. One that gives visibility. One that enables you to see. And isn't the sun like that? It gives you the ability to see. Because if there was no light, how would we see? So completely opposite. Why has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the night in one way and the day different? Why is there this 24-hour you know, cycle in which a section is dark and a section is bright? And the moon, you know, with the passage of days, what happens? It increases, it decreases. And with that, we have months and we have years. We have the sense of time. Why? لِتَبْتَغُوا So that you may seek فَضْلًا مِّن رَبِّكُمْ The bounty of your Lord. Meaning if there was no night, then when would you rest? And if there was no day, then how would you see and do your work and earn something? Make some money, make a living, survive in this life, how would you? So this difference has been kept so that there is a system, there is a structure. There are ups and there are downs in life. Why? So that there is a structure. Because if it was always night time, or if it was always daytime, then how would we make sense of Time. How would we? How would we appreciate the good? And how would we seek refuge with Allah against evil? 
لِتَبْتَغُوا فَضْلًا مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَلِتَعْلَمُوا And so that you may know عَدَدَ السِّنِينَ The number of sinin. Sinin? Sana. Singular is sana. Year. So عَدَدَ السِّنِينَ The number of years. How many years have you lived? Because with this moon and the sun, what happens? You have these calendars, right? You have the daily timetable also, right? A daily schedule, a 24-hour cycle. And then you have a weekly cycle, and then you have a monthly cycle, and then you have an annual sense also. عدد السنين والحساب حساب accounting. Meaning, with this sun and moon, you have a calendar. And with this calendar, you are able to keep account. Keep account of what? Of time. If there was no night and day, how would you know how many years you've lived? If there were no months, then how would you know when the month of Ramadan is? When the month of Muharram is? وَالْحِسَابِ وَكُلَّ شَيْءٍ فَصَّلَّهُ تَفْصِيلًا And everything we have set out in detail. Tafsil meaning detail, explanation, meaning it's been explained in detail, clearly. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has explained important matters to us clearly. Now, what do we learn in this ayah? That in this life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created different, different things in this world. Everything is not the same. Or is it? Is it the same? No. Huge difference. Just look at time. Because in the previous ayah, the main problem that people have is with what? Time. Why does it take too long? Why am I not 16 already? When will I turn 20? And when will I go to university already? And when will I start work already? And when will I pay this off already? And when will I get married already? And when will I have children already? Time is something that we have a big problem with. Why is it that we get impatient? Because things take too long. So long that if we have to wait five seconds for our phone to open up, even that is a problem. Right? If we have to wait for a minute for a page to load, even that is a problem. So in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making us appreciate time. Time. Appreciate it. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it. And what benefit there is in it. Now we see that there is night and there is day. There is the moon and there is the sun. Right? And likewise in life also, there are times that are difficult, dark and gloomy. And there are other times which are easy, happy, full of fun and pleasure. Right? If night was there forever, like for example in the winter, nights become really, really long. Does that make things difficult for you sometimes? What happens at 6 o'clock? You get sleepy. Why? Because it's dark outside. And you have so much work to do. Right? In the summer what happens? When the days are really, really long and nights are short, then what happens? You're exhausted and you want to sleep already, but you have to wait for Risha. And you've barely slept that you have to wake up for Fajr. So you see, this difference that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept in the day and the night and the differences that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept within our lives, that certain years, full of fun, and certain years, full of difficulty. Why? Because there is good in everything. Even though there is evil to it, remember that the other side is good. Sometimes it happens at certain days of your life, extremely difficult, very, very tough. You know like people say, I had a very tough time. 
when I was going through that. A very tough time. But that tough time was also there in your life. Why? For something good. For something good. What is that good? Perhaps you've already seen it. Or perhaps you haven't seen it yet. But there is good. And you see, if it was daytime constantly, when would we rest? If it was happiness always, pleasure, enjoyment always, then what would happen? We would get sick of that even. We would get bored of that even. So realize that this time is something that is beyond our control. Right? Time is something beyond our control. We cannot control the night, we cannot control the day. Likewise, the passage of every hour, the passage of every minute, the passage of every day, every week, every month, we cannot stop it. We cannot stop it, we cannot slow it down, we cannot fast forward it. It will go at its own speed. Right? It will go at its own pace. What happens is that we get so stuck with, oh, it's taking too long. Instead of focusing on that, what should our focus be upon really? What should it be on? That what am I supposed to do right now? What can I do right now to make this time memorable also? You know, for instance, you start something new and you're finding it very difficult, you're scared. But other people tell you, relax, you'll enjoy it. And you wonder, what is there to enjoy over here? Like I remember when my first child was born, I was told by so many people, enjoy every day. Because, you know, this time children grow too quickly. And I was like, yeah, enjoy the sleepless nights. And enjoy the days when I'm changing a diaper every, you know, other hour. What's there to enjoy here? Right? These thoughts come to your mind. But yes, there is hardship, there is difficulty, but there are also many cute moments. Right? That you cannot enjoy later. So if you just focus on the hardship, sleepless nights, too many diapers, too many this and too many that, too much noise, don't focus on the problems. Don't focus on the hardship. Focus on what? Focus on what? On the positive, on the khair. So you see, it's all about how you think. Because there is nothing in life that is good except that it is attached with some hardship, some kind of difficulty. If you want to enjoy the best meal, well, you have to pay for it. Right? You have to pay for it or you have to prepare it. Nothing comes free in life. Nothing good and nothing bad. And Everything that is good, it has some kind of hardship attached to it. So don't focus on the hardship only, focus on the good and you will be a happier, a more productive person. Because time will pass, it will take its time and it will be over. But do something before that time escapes, before life is over. Why? Because وَكُلَّ insanin, Every human being أَلْزَمْنَاهُ we have attached to him. We have fastened to him. Ta'irahu, his ta'ir, his actions. Fi unuqi, to his neck. Every human being, alzamnahu. Alzamna is from the root letters. Lam, zay, meem, luzum. And luzum is to attach something with another. You know, for example, to make something lazim on yourself is to make something compulsory on yourself. That you must do it. You don't have an option. 
You have to do it. It's with you. Right? You cannot separate yourself from it. So alzamnahu, we have attached to every person. We have stuck to every person. You know, it's like a chip inside a phone. It's there. So likewise, every human being, what is stuck to him? What is attached to him? What is it that he cannot separate from? Ta'irahu, his ta'ir. Where is it attached? Fi unuqi, to his neck. When something is attached to your you know, hand, for example, you can use your other hand and become free from it. But when something is tied to your neck, your neck is tied, what does it mean? That you are being driven by it. If something is attached to your hand and it's pulling you, you can pull back. But when something is attached to your neck, what does it mean? You are literally being driven by it, dragged by it. You cannot leave it. And this is the reason why when you put a leash on an animal, okay, where is the collar? Where is the collar? On the waist? On the paw? On the tail? On the ear? Where is it? On the neck. Right? So, fi'unuqi. Now, ta'ir literally means a bird, that which flies. From the same root is ta'ira. And what is a ta'ira? Airplane, because it flies. Right? So, ta'ir literally means bird, that which flies. And over here, what is meant by ta'ir is the actions of a person, the deeds of a person. Why are they called ta'ir? Because with your deeds, you either fly high or you fly low. If your deeds are good, you'll fly high. And if your deeds are bad, you'll fly low. Deeds, they matter a lot. Actions, they matter a lot. So every person, his actions are tied to his neck. Meaning, he cannot separate himself from his deeds. Once you've performed an action, it's with you. It's with you. You cannot detach yourself from it. And what that means is that you have to now face its consequences. Either you repent or you face its consequences. وَكُلَّ إِنسَانٍ أَلْزَمْنَاهُ طَائِرَهُ فِي عُنُقِهِ وَنُخْرِجُ لَهُ And we will produce for him, we will bring out for him يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ On the Day of Judgment, kitaban a book, يَلْقَاهُ He will meet it. Meaning each person will meet his book manshura, One that is spread open, laid out in front of him. وَنُخْرِجُ لَهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ كِتَابًا يَلْقَاهُ مَنْشُورًا Meaning a person, when he performs an action, when he does certain deeds, then what happens? They're tied to him. Then he cannot get rid of them. He cannot detach himself from them. And those deeds, where are they? Where are they? They are being recorded in a book. And this book, each person, he will meet his record. He will find his book where? Manshur. Laid open in front of him. In front of him. Before him, he will find it. Meaning he cannot run away from his deeds. What happens in this life? We say certain things, we do certain things, and we forget about them completely. We live as though we never did them. We act as though we never said those words. But you know what? They are preserved in our record. And on the day of judgment, that record will be placed in front of us. يَلْقَاهُ manshura. Each person will find his record displayed before him so that he can see it. And what's in that book? Everything that a person has done. 
In Surah Al-Qiyamah, Ayah 13, we learn, يُنَبَّوُ الْإِنسَانُ يَوْمَئِذٍ بِمَا قَدَّمَ وَأَخَّرَ Every person will be informed that day of what he sent ahead and what he kept back. What he did and what he did not do. What he gave and what he delayed. What he did early and what he postponed. Each person will find his deeds, every kind of deed. Surah Al-Zalzalah, Ayah 7-8 فَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ خَيْرًا يَرَهُ If a person has done even an atom's weight of good, what will happen? He will find it. وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ شَرًّا يَرَهُ And whoever does even an atom's weight of evil, he will find it, he will see it. Meaning he will see it recorded in his record. Because every person, his deeds are tied to him. You know these days, for example, your library card for instance. Okay? Let's say a year ago you borrowed a book and then you didn't return it on time. And then three months later somebody did you a favor and they just went and left the books in the library. Alright? But you were collecting all that fine. And you say, you know what, forget it. I'm not going to go to the library anymore. But then a year later what happens? You need to go to the library. And you say, I've lost my card. Can I please have a new card? And they say, okay, what's your name? What's your address? What's your number? And when you give it to them, what happens? Your entire record shows up. And they say, before we can issue you a new card, you have to pay all this outstanding fine. Can you avoid it? Can you run away from it? No. Because that entire record is where? With your name. It is with your name. You cannot run away from it. Likewise, Actions that we have done. Perhaps nobody knows about it. Nobody knows about it. Our mother doesn't know. Our father doesn't know. Our sisters don't know. Nobody knows. But who knows? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. Where is it recorded? In our record. And it is something that we cannot get rid of. You know, certain things, you hate them, you dislike them. What do you do? You just throw them in the garbage and move on. You leave them in your old house and you move on. You don't want it anymore to, in your life. You leave it and you move on. But your actions, you can never abandon them and move on. They are in your record. So think before you do something. Think before you say something. Because it will be forever written in your record. And on the day of judgment, what's going to happen? This record is going to be displayed. It's going to be put before us. Manshura. And you know when there's something, for example, a test paper that you didn't really do good on, but you still have to keep it for record's sake? How do you keep it? Open? Where do you keep it? Folded in an envelope that is taped and hidden somewhere within folders and binders so that even you can't find it when you need it? Because it's embarrassing if it's displayed. But on the Day of Judgment, the entire record, manshur. Because nashara, you know, it also means to publish. And when something is published, it goes in the papers, it goes in the media, then what happens? Everywhere. So يَلْقَاهُ manshura. He won't be able to avoid it. He won't be able to look away from it. So think about what you are putting in your record. What you are having recorded in your record. Because anything you do, it's tied to your neck. You cannot leave it. It won't leave you. Because actions... What happens? They become like our identity. Don't they? They become like our identity. And our actions, they drive us. 
what we've done in the past motivates us to do that action again this is why certain actions they become a habit an addiction and when a person will find his record before him he will be told iqra kitabak read your book read it yourself hasan al basri he said that even if a person was unlettered in this life he didn't know how to read even a single letter on the day of judgment he will be told you look at your book it will be readable by who everybody because for information it is displayed in different ways not just in words but also through graphs right through pie charts and so on and so forth there's different ways of presenting information so in this record the way deeds are recorded it's not just in words allah knows best how deeds are recorded but they will be recorded in such a way that anybody when they would see it they'll know exactly what the fate of that person is if they have passed or if they have failed iqra kitabak you read your book yourself meaning you don't even need to put any effort because kitab is manshoor it's laid open before you you're meeting it it's open in front of you you don't need to exert any effort just look at your book and be your own judge see what you deserve kafa bi nafsika alyawma sufficient are you yourself alyawma today alayka over yourself hasiba as a reckoner meaning you yourself are sufficient as a judge you know where you stand you know what you deserve because sometimes it happens at certain issues because you lack knowledge concerning it you feel that you're not the best person to decide so what do you do you go to somebody else who has more knowledge please can you decide can you let me know what should be done but a person's record when he will see it what does allah say kafa bi nafsika alyawma alayka hasiba you are sufficient as a judge over yourself meaning you know where you stand You know what you've done. You know what you've accomplished and you know what you've left out. You know the good that you did and you know the mistakes that you've made. You know yourself and who knows you better than you. Kafa bi nafsika alyawma alayka hasiba. This is the reason why the scholars they said that he who has made you a judge of your own self has indeed been fair to you. Meaning if Allah is going to say to a person on the day of judgment These are your deeds. You decide what do you deserve. Then Allah has indeed been fair. Meaning then if a person is punished, then that is not injustice. That is something that he deserves. Now, this kitab, what do we learn from these ayat? That this record of deeds in which our every action, our words, they are being recorded. Even some scholars argue that our intentions are being recorded because we learn that if a person makes the intention of doing something good then the angel is told you know record a good deed for the person and when he actually does that good deed then what happens more reward is written for him right so this record what is it it's a real record don't think of the book of deeds as something metaphorical No, it is a real actual record that will be read by who? By you yourself. Each person will view his record, will see his kitab because yalqahu he will meet it. Manshura. You know, sometimes it happens that when you've taken a test, it was so bad that you don't want to ever see it. You don't want to see it. You just give it and you're like, I don't want to ever see it. 
certain tests are returned to you certain exams are returned to you and certain exams you never see them once you hand it over to the examiner that's it you never see it right if it was good what do you say oh never mind alhamdulillah i don't mind but if there was a problem with it you want to know okay where did i make the mistake this kitab our life record this is going to be presented before us and we are going to be told you judge yourself you know where you stand in a hadith we learn that a person when he will find his record he will be amazed that you know there are actions that i did but they're not here they're not recorded where is that good deed of mine how come it's been erased where is it he won't find it then he will be reminded of some of the sins that he has committed because of which those good deeds they will have no value they will have no value you know like how sometimes it happens that on your computer screen you have certain applications or certain programs they're there but they're not active they're not active why because you're not connected to the internet so you'll have you'll see the skype icon but it's not blue right it's gray it's inactive it's not working right now So likewise the deeds are there but they're inactive they will bring no reward they will bring no merit no benefit this is the reason why the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said man ahabba an tasurruhu sahifatuhu falyukthir fiha min al-istighfar whoever loves to be pleased by his book of deeds meaning whoever wants to become happy on seeing their book of deeds would you like to be happy on seeing your book of deeds would you like to be happy that the sight of it even pleases you the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said then he should fill it with excessive istighfar excessive istighfar not just a little bit istighfar but a lot to the point that you think it's too much excessive istighfar Why? Because sins, what do they do? They erase good deeds, right? And what do good deeds do? What do good deeds do in return? They erase bad deeds. In al-hasanat, yudhibna sayyat. So when we've done a bad deed, it's tied to us. Alzamnahu. It's tied. However, when a person does istighfar, then the effect of that bad deed is erased. Then a person is in Allah's protection and he won't suffer from the consequence of his sins of his mistakes so falyukthir fiha min al-istighfar and if you look at the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam how much istighfar would he do 70 times only think about salah salah would he seek forgiveness during salah where because we also say the same adhkar but we don't think about it we don't do istighfar you know from the heart When is it that during salah you do istighfar? Okay, in sujood, how? What do you say? You don't say anything? In sujood, how do you seek forgiveness? And if you don't, you should. فَلْيُكْثِرْ فِيهَا إِسْتِغْفَارٌ Good, mashallah. اللَّهُمَّ اغْفِرْ لِي ذَنْبِي كُلَّهُ That dua, yes? Exactly. سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَّ رَبَّنَا وَبِحَمْدِكَ اللَّهُمَّ اغْفِرْ لِي Allahumma ghfir li. You know, sometimes we become lazy and we say, yeah, I've said subhanahu rabbi al-a'la three times, it's enough. No, say subhanahu rabbi al-a'la three times, then also say one dua of istighfar, of seeking forgiveness. 
Then during salah, when else should you seek forgiveness? Between the two prostrations. When you're sitting, what did the Prophet ﷺ say? After salah, Allahu Akbar, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah. In the morning and in the evening, what did the Prophet ﷺ do? Istighfar. In one gathering, he would say Astaghfirullah up to 70 times. So many times. At the end of a gathering, what would he do? He would seek istighfar. Right? So, فَلْيُكْثِرْ فِيهَا مِنَ الْإِسْتِغْفَارِ Anyone who wishes to be happy on seeing their record of deeds, what should they do? Fill it with istighfar. Fill it. So you know when you're in that moment when you want to kill time, when you want to pass time, what do you do in that? You tell yourself, I should be doing dhikr. Now which dhikr? I don't know. I can't remember any. Yeah, I remember reading something really nice in a book, but I don't know where that book is. Yeah, I have it somewhere at home, but right now I'm in the car. And I can't even look away, you know, because I'm so focused on driving. But can your lips move at the same time? Yes. And what can they say? Something that's very easy. Astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayhi. Rabbi ghfirli khati'ati. Rabbi ghfirli. Allahumma ghfirli. Seek forgiveness. فَلْيُكْثِرْ فِيهَا مِنَ الْإِسْتِغْفَارِ Because just imagine seeing the record of deeds. Everything is written. From the bad words that we've said, to the prayers that we have missed. And really, honestly, if you judge yourself today, you judge yourself today. Would you allow yourself to go to paradise? If you were fair with yourself, given the good that you've done and the bad that you've done, the good deeds even, do you have confidence in them that your niya was good and your method was good? Really, be an honest judge for yourself. So the fact is that we are weak. We will make mistakes. But we have also been given a solution. Seek forgiveness for sins that you did deliberately and sins that you did accidentally. Since that you know of and since that you don't know of. Because there's so many things that we have forgotten. Wrong things that we've done and we have completely forgotten them. Isn't it amazing how we meet somebody sometimes and we find out they're very upset with us. Why? We don't know. Think about it. They're upset and we don't even know. We said something. We showed something. We did something that hurt their feelings and we didn't even realize. So think about the many mistakes that we make, the many sins that we commit without even realizing. We don't realize, but they are recorded. They are written. كَفَى بِنَفْسِكَ الْيَوْمَ عَلَيْكَ حَسِيبًا So what is necessary? Istighfar. Seeking forgiveness constantly, repeatedly. Astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayh. Let's listen to the recitation of these ayahs. وَيَدْعُ الْإِنسَانُ بِالشَّرِّ دُعَاءَهُ بِالْخَيْرِ وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ عَجُولًا وَجَعَلْنَا اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارَ آيَتَيْنِ فَمَحَوْنَا آيَةَ اللَّيْلِ وَجَعَلْنَا نَهَارٍ مُبْصِرَةً لِتَبْتَغُوا لِتَبْتَغُوا فَضْلًا مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ وَلِتَعْلَمُوا عَدَدَ السِّنِينَ وَالْحِسَابَ وَكُلَّ شَيْءٍ فَصَّلْنَاهُ تَفْصِيلًا 
Certain things, you can never delete them. Or can you? Can you give me an example of certain things that you cannot erase, you cannot delete in real life? Okay. What about on social media? Are there things that once you upload or once they are in your history, you can never completely get rid of them, even if you try? And sometimes it happens that you upload something and you say something, you write something, and what happens? You forget about it, and then you realize that other people are going through it constantly. People are bullied for them and to the point that they will kill themselves. Because they cannot change it. They cannot change it. So think before you do. Before it goes online, it goes in your record. And it's going to stay. You can tweet something and delete that tweet later. You can do that. But there are certain things which when they go in your record, you can't take them out. You cannot remove them. They are attached to you, stuck to you. Adhere to you, never leaving you. But there's only one way that you can make them inactive. How? By seeking forgiveness. Doing tawbah and istighfar. Yes, go ahead. Bismillah, As-salamu One of the sisters shared with me that when she had a disabled child, she was so upset that this child couldn't move or, you know, call out to her or anything. She said that, Oh Allah, if you give me ten children like this, I don't mind. But give me one that's going to call me mama. And she only realized it when her second child was born with the same defect. And somebody reminded her that, Remember the dua that you made? She said that I did so much istighfar and I cried and I said, you know. And she had to live with these two children. Subhanallah, it was a huge test. And I think about a year ago, one of those, one child passed away. Like she had a healthy baby after that and she had the fourth one now, mashallah, which is healthy. And I asked her, how's the older girl who's like this? She said, I have reached a stage where my back cannot take handling this child. So she has to be in a home. Subhanallah. So we have to be very careful because this is another thing that, you know, the dua when it's said at the time, when dua is accepted, then it cannot be deleted. We just have to live with the consequences. Subhanallah. So be careful about what you ask for. You know, sometimes when we learn about the reward of sabr and trials in life, then sometimes people begin to wish, you know, I wish I had this great trial so that I could also go to Jannah. Don't ask for troubles and difficulties. Ask Allah for afiyah, to keep you safe. Because fitna is really not easy. It's not easy. It's very difficult to deal with. So ask Allah for protection.